She was just a little dragon until she grew and grew and grew. This week on the podcast, Jeremy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher by Bruce Cobble. Hey, and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. It's a nostalgic book podcast where we read old books and see if they're still good. I'm one of your hosts, Emma. I am your other host, Allison. And I'm so excited about what we're reading today. Yeah, we're reading uh, another of the Magic Shop series. Yes. Jeremy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher. I think I read this one first before Jennifer Murdley's Toad uh, when I was younger, and I love the cover. Yeah. Not crazy about your cover, but I didn't didn't have that one growing up. The one that I have in my hands right now is the one that I had growing up. That's the one I remember seeing in the bookstore, and I don't know why I never read it. I think I wasn't really into dragons at that time in my life. Mm. Sad. You were into horses. (laughs) So on my cover, we've got this little boy with bright blue eyes staring in amazement at this red dragon that has just hatched from an egg and there's lots of rainbow sparkly things around it yeah mine mine is different it's uh i do like the little frame on the outside that looks more like the jennifer murley's toad cover yeah Yeah. totally it's obviously in the same series yeah but it doesn't really have anything to do with the actual story it's just magical looking stuff on the outside but the cover itself doesn't make sense because it shows the dragon all big behind the little boy, but then the little boy's holding an egg that hasn't hatched. Uh, yeah, that is kind of it's kind of weird. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. We went over Bruce Covell's career and everything in our Jennifer Murdley's Toad episode. So if you want to learn more about the author, go listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. And, and also you should anyway because it's a fun story like this one. Yes, it is. Um, and I wanted to check. I wanted to check real quick. If it's the same, is it the same illustrator? It is the same illustrator. Yeah, it looks yeah. the same. It looks like I the same. I love the illustrations style. in this book, yeah, too. These illustrations so are way better than the last book we read. <laughs> than the Punky Brewster one? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. We'll dive right into it. Let's dive in. So, chapter one, titled Love Letter of Doom. Yep. Jeremy's in art class. He, he likes to draw. He does. And his friend's name is Specimen. Yeah. When that first <laughs> happened, I thought Specimen was like a creature. In his drawing? Yeah. I did too. And so I was kind of like, why is he talking to he this drawing? drawing? And I then mean, he's an artist. So. They literally never explain where the nickname, because no. surely it's a nickname. Yeah. Where does right? Specimen come from? I have no idea. I you don't know, his, know. You don't know his last name, his first name, nothing. I mean, they show a picture of him, and he has glasses, and he looks... Oh, was that supposed to be him? I thought it was a woman. (laughs) What? Wow. Yeah, I don't know why his friend's name is Specimen. Like, there's... They have, like, another character named Freddy the Frog Killer, and I don't need to know why he's called that, because I can guess. Yeah. But Specimen? (laughs) I think that's totally his friend. That's totally his An ugly kid, whoever that is. Anyway, sometimes he goes... Sometimes they call him Spes. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, sure. Oh, let's see. The, so uh, there's this nasty little art teacher, Mr. Kravitz, mm-hmm. catches Jeremy reading a note from a girl. Yep. And of course, he reads it out loud. Did you ever have that happen to you? No, I don't. I don't either. I mean, not even happen to me. Like witness anything like that? Yeah, they just teachers didn't do that. No. But I guess in in, in books fiction, and TV, yeah. they always do. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Turns out it's a love note from someone named Mary Lou Hutton. 
Dear Jeremy, he read in menacing tones, I think you are incredibly cute, even if you are the shortest boy in the sixth grade. I'm going to kiss you after school today if it's the last thing I ever do. Mr. Kravitz paused, then said, Oh yes, there's a P.S. According to this, you have beautiful eyes. <laughs> there's some just, you know, light sexual harassment. It's like a threat. I am going to happen upon you later. <laughs> you won't be able to escape it. So they also mentioned something about an art contest that Jeremy wants to enter. Mm-hmm. But he's been wanting to win it for like six years yeah, or something like him that. Him and Specimen won't oh, yeah, win it. That's right. Anyway, after the note reading, Jeremy's mortifying. Mortified. He runs home from school, getting taunt, taunted and teased. Trying to get away from the girl so she doesn't kiss him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but as he's running, he happens upon a strange shop. Which I feel like is kind of how Jennifer Merlin yep. played out, too. Definitely did. Because yeah. she was running from, like, the underwear incident. God, she got teased for so wearing long. her brother's underwear <laughs> yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, we read that a long time oh, ago. Oh, my God, it's been so long. Yeah, so it's the typical, like, oh, how did I end up here? Yep. This part never existed in my city. Nope. And the fog rolls in, and suddenly there's the magic shop, Mr. Eli's shop. And Jer Jeremy starts towards it, thinking about how to make his pursuers disappear. And I love this part, because Kovel uses the words, he thought feeling deliciously cranky. Deliciously <laughs> cranky. Like, I love that combo. It yeah. like, describes a cat perfectly. Yeah. Sometimes I feel deliciously cranky. Yep, same. So he goes into the shop, and there's a bunch of magical items. Mm-hmm. And among all the items, he's drawn to a multicolored egg. Which I didn't even realize it was an egg at well, they, first. Because they like described the it as a sphere, so which like, is oh, not egg-shaped. It's a cool rock? No. But see, I like an crystals. egg is even a sphere. Yeah. It's, you would say egg. Egg. So maybe it's not shaped like an egg. I don't know. But either way, it's the thing I'd go for. I wouldn't go for the skull of truth. I would oh, go for I mean, if I knew it was called the skull of truth, I'd be like, tell me more about the skull. <laughs> But he, he's drawn to it. Um, Mr. Elives is like, no, you don't want that. And he just says that to everyone that comes into his shop. Yeah. Has he ever, I wonder if he's ever said, yes, you do want that. And here here you go. Well, he, Mr. Elives is a cranky old man. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you can be cranky living in a magic shop. But. I, I don't either because that's like my dream. But I guess like the, the stereotypical like shop, magic shop owner is kind of like whimsical. Mm -hmm. And instead he's the cranky one. So I guess it's. Does, does he ever get people showing up in his shop that don't belong there? I don't think so. Okay. So then... So why, he knew he is, wanted is, something. Like, why are you testing these people? Like, it would it would be different if, like, some hooligans just come in there and, like, destroy your shop all the time. But you show up when... And then he's mad needs, when people show <laughs> yeah, up. And, and like, I'm like... Uh, you don't want that. Yeah. Is he just trying to test them? I don't know. But it, I don't think in this case because he doesn't... It's not until... Mr. Elives takes the egg from him that he is, like, surprised. And then he's like, oh, well, the egg wants you. you. Yeah. So that he didn't actually think that Jeremy was right for the egg. Yes. But he gives it to him for a quarter. That's right. All he needs is a quarter. Yep. I think that takes us into chapter two. It does. Strange instructions. So Jeremy buys the egg for a quarter. Mr. Elives gives him an instruction sheet. Mr. Elives gives him an instruction sheet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, get home fast and read that because I want to see what it looks like. It's like gremlins. That's so great. Also, the same thing happened to Jennifer Murley, too. Yes. She bought a toad and got an instruction sheet. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, let's see. When Jeremy's at home, we learn more about his home life, of course. His dad is a veterinarian. Yep. And they live kind of like on this field where there's a barn and they've got yep. lots of cats and a golden retriever yep. named, named Grief. Grief. I love this. I love this. That's kind of how I feel about golden retrievers. They give me a lot of Good grief. grief. Yeah, because they're grief. always in stuff. They're just they're always bounding, in stuff and always around. And, yeah. Grief. I'm not a big fan of oh, those kinds of dogs. They're, they're cute. cute. They're, just, it's a lot of energy to deal yeah. with. That's, I don't want that's my own thing. One. I need some lazy cats. Lazy like me. Deliciously cranky cats. Yes. I enjoy them. Oh, let's see. So he finds out the instruction sheet is entitled How to Hatch a Dragon Egg. Oh, I yeah. like the picture here. I love the picture too. It's it's like of a paper and it's got like a dragon drawn on it and you know it's all spidery handwriting. Yes, man, I don't remember the voice I did for Mr. Eli's last time. It's okay. How to hatch a dragon's egg? The egg you have just purchased has already gone through a long aging process. It now needs but two things to be ready to hatch, the light of a full moon and the words of a true friend. To quicken the egg, take it outside at midnight on the night of the next full moon. Lift it to the moonlight and whisper, full moon's light to wake the egg, full moon's light to hatch it. Midsummer night will crack the world, but St. John's day will patch it. Expose the egg to the moonlight for at least three hours, then await the results. You have been entrusted with a very special creature, Jeremy Thatcher. Treat it with care, for its safety depends on your willingness to follow these directions exactly. It goes without saying that secrecy is essential. Good hatching, S.H.E. Lives. Jeremy's like, how do you know my name? Oh yeah, because he's magic. That's right. So he doesn't believe that it's real. How could you how could you not though? I mean this shop appears, there's fog everywhere. I don't know. Would you believe it? Yes, I would believe it. But I would I think like part of it would believe be, it. Yeah, yeah. Part of it would be like, please let this be true. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he's like to him. Yeah. He's not necessarily like, uh uh-uh, uh, but he's like still willing to do it. Yeah. I mean he's a pretty imaginative kid. Right. When they talk about him in his art. You he know. was drawing a dragon. Yeah. Perfect. He just he just knows. That's why the yes. that's why the egg wanted him. Yes. So later he talks to his dad, who we mentioned is the veterinarian, but he asks him when the next full moon is, mm-hmm. and it's tonight. So he's got to make a decision. Yeah. Real quick. He decides to do it. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you have to wait another month. Yeah. So. So he does it tonight. Chapter three. Yep. I don't remember what it's called. Hatchling. Hatchling. So I guess you can guess. So I guess you can guess what will happen. Well, it's we know because of the title of the book. There's going to be a dragon. <laughs> and it's going to hatch in this chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeremy takes the egg outside at midnight. He falls asleep. Well, he says the words first. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, he brings a chair and like sits there. I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd stay out there. I mean, this is midnight. So he's got to stay out there for three hours. Yeah, like 3 he just sleeps on the grass. Cool. Yeah. No, I'd be too scared. I wouldn't want to leave it alone. I wouldn't either, but I'd probably pitch a tent so that oh, my well, body is covered. You're and... assuming he's got a tent. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> he sleeps out there, wakes up three hours later. Now the colors of the egg are like swirling across the surface. Yes. And uh, he hears like a scratching sound. And this is when he's like, oh, crap, I better bring this thing inside. Because I don't know if it's going to like get away or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he takes it inside, and the dragon comes out of the egg. Yep, and let's see. I wrote, they have a cute interaction together, mm-hmm. and it seems as if the dragon communicates telepathically. Yeah, with colors and feelings. Yes. 
which is kind of nice. It is it is a cool way. Yeah. He kind of like feels like that the dragon's questioning him without actually saying anything. Right. And I like it. And he also mentions like he's washed with color or whatever that I guess describes how the dragon's feeling or whatever, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Do you feel like it would be different if the dragon talked? Feel like it would change the book? No, because later in the book, they pretty much have it talking. Yeah. Like, it doesn't say a lot of words, but I guess we're meant to assume that this is the feelings that he gets from the dragon, and he understands him more as time goes on, and so they just, like, they write him as talking to him. Talking, that's true. Even though he doesn't actually say it. Yeah. Uh, So, thankfully, it's the weekend, because Jeremy needs to figure out how to care for this thing. Yep. And I think it helps, too, that Jeremy's an only child, because in Jennifer Murdley, she had siblings yeah they were always poking in her business yeah but he no he's an, i think he's an only child or yep. maybe he has older siblings whatever he's the only one in the house yep. so yep he, so he, he takes a bit point. of time to kind of like gain the trust of the dragon and he decides to check the instruction sheet again and is surprised and has it chapter. changed yeah okay but we don't find out until the next oh, chapter sorry. yeah sorry, there's a lot jumped. of like cliffhangers in this one yeah it ends on like a thing that you have to every turn time. a page to see so in chapter four, I didn't write down any of the titles. Hyacinth Priest. Yeah. Which at first I was like, what the heck does that mean? It's someone's name. It is. The instruction sheet has changed from how to hatch a dragon to the care and feeding of dragons. It talks about like what to feed the dragon and uh, how Jeremy's supposed to help him shed his skin. Mm-hmm. And he has to keep the, keep the skins and the teeth and the egg. For later, yep, but yep. it doesn't say why. It just said, these things will be very important when Midsummer Nights arrive. Yep. And he must name the dragon. Yep. Uh, every dragon has a name, but that one remains secret, so I guess he just comes up with one that he can... They have the secret dragon name? Yeah. It's like Cats, the musical. Oh, I was like, what cats? Your cats? No. I haven't seen but, that. Tell me. Well, I mean, it's their special cat name. Yeah, they have their own special cat name, but then they have like the stupid names we give them. Okay. But they have their own names that they refer to each other as. It's exactly like this. Yeah. Cool. So he feeds uh, the dragon disgusting chicken livers. Yum. Ew. You don't like chicken livers? I know. A lot of people don't. I don't. I I do like chicken livers. I don't. Although I haven't had one in a really long time, so maybe my my adult palate might like it, but I didn't like it as a kid because my dad used to like them. Oh. My dad liked them too, but we were the only two in our family that liked them. You probably still don't. I like literally them. haven't eaten one, and I don't even know how long. Um, it's it's really stupid, but like I think I mentioned this when we read Jennifer Murdley's Toad. How there's just certain like descriptions that Bruce Covell does that like really help me envision. Like he's very good at painting a picture of exactly what's happening. Yeah, and I really liked this one. It was. Um, the dragon ignored his protest. It continued up his arm until it reached his shoulder, where it settled down with a little sigh that sent a puff of hot air across his cheek. Oh, yeah, I did that. And like I'm that like, that's really cute. Because, like, my cats do that, yeah. where they'll, like, lay down and go, <laughs> and <I'm> like, <laughs> I just like the description. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next thing in my notes, he goes off to the library yep. to get some more information on dragons. Yep. I don't know why he thinks the library would have this I, kind of information. I don't know why he thinks that it's okay to leave the dragon at home. I'm like, why would you be leaving the dragon Is this when he gives... Oh, wait, no, he doesn't do that yet. Yeah, I don't know why either. I think the dragon, like, slept. Like, and he's like, oh, he's going to be sleeping, so... I'm sorry, I would not trust that. Especially if you don't have much information on dragons yeah. and you need to go to the library to get more. You don't leave that dragon. Well, he did. He did. 
And uh, let's see, Hyacinth Priest is a librarian. She's the children's librarian. And she, of course, has exactly what he needs. Yeah. She, uh, he also, so he gives her a bunch of, she gives him a bunch of like generic dragon books. So right. he sits down to read them. And as he's reading them, he notices he's like very hungry. Like, oh yeah, ravenously I hungry. I forgot about that. But like, yeah, he's like, it's only 10 a.m. Why am I so hungry? Yeah. Uh, later when the librarian comes to check on him, he's like, I haven't really found what I'm looking for. Do you have any books on how to raise a dragon? And she's like, of course. End of chapter. <laughs> oh, it does say, of course. Yeah. <laughs> chapter five, things unseen. So Miss Priest finds the book form. It's a leather bound one with no title on the cover. Very mysterious. Yep. I love it. Yep. On the inside, he finds it uh, written on it, uh, the nature and disappearance of dragons, and the author is S. H. E. Lives. Yep, pretty good. And apparently, Mrs. Priest has been saving this book for Jeremy. Creepy. So yeah, exactly. A little creepy, <laughs> but okay. I don't know how she knew. And on his walk back from the library, Mary Lou, the girl that's gonna, you know, that threatens to assault him, yeah, sees Jeremy and walks with him. And at first, he's a bit annoyed with her. But the more they talk, the more they realize they have things in common. Yes, of course they do. Um, but, he, but he still, like, ditches her as soon no, as he can. No, yeah. <laughs> he's like, gross I, girls. I do like his comment that he's like, maybe if I keep her talking, she, she won't, won't kiss me. <laughs> she won't, she won't sexually harass me. <laughs> she won't think about kissing me. <laughs> uh, so he ditches her and he goes to his room. This is when he finds his dragon attempting to break into the hamster cage. Yeah, that's why you don't leave the dragon at home alone. Yeah. So he realizes that his feelings of ravenous hunger were like coming from the dragon. Right. And you know what this makes me think of? This makes me think of E.T. Do you the, remember Do you remember that scene? No. Where E.T. is left at home and he starts drinking alcohol. Oh my God. And Elliot, this was, this was the most disturbing scene for me as a child. So E.T. is drinking alcohol and Elliot is at school and Elliot is drunk because wow i don't some, remember that oh at my all. god allison it, they would it never do that in today's me. movie it traumatized me i hate that movie because of that see i hated that movie that period so i don't think out. i even watched it more than once oh it freaked me out so badly i hated that Ugh. movie i just didn't like i always think about like the scientist with et at the end and how sad it is and i just can't, i can't handle that it's sad and i didn't i didn't really like the sibling relationship he had an older brother i think and i don't I remember he used he used the insult penis breath, and wow. I I used that on my sister once. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it gross. <laughs> has a totally different meaning. It does. It does. That's another thing my, they would not. Do I got in trouble movies. for that one. Yeah. I definitely got in trouble. Yeah, for as you that should, because gross. So I hate that movie. <laughs> no, I don't like that movie either. <laughs> but anyway, so we're starting to see that they have this crazy connection, connection relationship yep. thing where yeah, he's hungry. The dragon's hungry. Jeremy feels it. Yep. If he feels upset, the dragon feels, feels that it. too. Yep. yep. Jeremy instructs the dragon that pets are not food. And during all this commotion, Jeremy's mother comes in. Oh, yeah. But. Is that the end of the chapter? No. Okay. She can't see the dragon. She can't. She yeah. sees Jeremy convulsing weirdly yeah. because he's got a dragon dancing on his body. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, why are you acting so weird? Stop being so weird. weird. And I'm like, okay, mom, you're not like concerned about me. You're just like, stop twitching, Jeremy. Like I'm doing it on purpose. What if there's something wrong with me, mom? No concern from the mom. No, not at this point. No. 
But she also informs Jeremy that uh, her dad is having a business dinner soon. Oh, yeah. And it's the Huttons. The Huttons. Mary, Mary Lou's parents. And they're coming over for dinner. And he's all like, Mom, she's in love with me. And, of course, Mom's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't pay attention to No, him. not really. As soon as the mom is gone, Jeremy tries to question the dragon about why she couldn't see him. And that's the end of the chapter. Oh, yeah. Does he get an answer? No. No, not no. really in the next one either. Oh, yeah. Sort of, but not really. Yeah, so chapter six. Like How would you pronounce that? How is that pronounced? What? Her name. Who's chapter name? six. Oh. Oh, I didn't write Tiamat. it Tiamat? Tiamat. Tiamat? Tiamat. Okay. Yeah. So chapter six is Tiamat. Yep. And this whole chapter makes me want a dragon. Well, I want a dragon, too. She sounds so cute. Well, you kind of had a dragon. You had a... Beard. A lizard? Yeah. Yeah, but they're different. Barely. They don't talk to me. <laughs> they don't... Con- you don't have this kind of... You they haven't had this connection. They don't me in colors. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't get Have you had this that. connection with cats before? I mean, as I was reading this, Barnabas was laying on my lap, and I was like, Barnabas, why can't you talk to me? Because <laughs> I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah. But he just looked at me and said Maybe nothing. one day. Oh, I wish. <laughs> so after satisfying the dragon's hunger, he finally like asks him, you know, why can't why can't my mom see you? He doesn't really get an answer why. He just gets a basic image of he's invisible to other people. No, cool. no reason. Cool. Yeah. I feel like he could have read something in a book somewhere. But he didn't. And he didn't. Maybe they didn't want to explain it. Why? I would have loved to have tackled that. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'll do. So he sits down to read the book that Miss Priest gave him, and this is when he learns that, like, dragons can be calmed with milk. That's right. (laughs) So he tries it out, and sure enough, dragon drinks the milk and falls asleep. So this is how you keep them calm and docile. And and no one is quite certain why they have the... so They drink milk and they sleep. All right, so if we ever go to a dragon panel at DragonCon... We could ask them about the milk. Will these questions be answered? Be like, why, why are dragons fond of milk? And they'll be like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Because they didn't read Jerry Thatcher Dragon Hatcher. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a, a, a thing, a myth, I don't or know. he I'm... made it up. Mm. Who knows? He reads out all the dragon names he had written down from the books. So they're all like existing dragons. You can't come up with anything new, Jeremy? Smaug. Yeah, he talks about Smaug. He didn't talk Lord about Smurg from, no, from the Nevering <laughs> Story. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Or Falcor, no. also a dragon. Yeah, he, he could have. He did do the Ouroboros. The Ouroboros. Yeah, yeah. Which is more it's snakes, it's not snakes. dragons, it's not dragon, but right. whatever. But it's they, fine. They settle on Tiamat. Tiamat, which is a very famous dragon. Tell tell me about Tiamat. Can Tiamat's you? like the d- ender of the universe or some shit. I don't remember. I thought it was the creator. Oh, of the, the creator of the universe, <laughs> ending and creating. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, yeah, it's. They use it in D and D. That's what I yeah. That's yeah. what I know was it was a five headed draconic goddess in yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I remember it from Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, it's a very famous dragon. Yeah, but he he mentioned something about like Babylonian times. Yeah, she's the mother dragon who created the world. That's a that's a hefty name to live up to. I'd say so, <laughs> but that's the one that Tiamat decides. That's she's right. like, as soon as he says it, she's like, yeah. That's, Sends that's him the feeling of yes. That's me. Yeah. So Jeremy's friend Specimen comes by, but he cannot see the dragon. Just like Jeremy's mom. Yep. Okay. Um, Jeremy decides that they're going to see if they could find that magic shop uh-huh. together. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. So the reason why this this chapter makes me want to drag, and I love the descriptions of her like curling up in his sock drawer yeah, or his so pillow yeah. and like leaving scorch marks. Yeah. And I just think, oh, this is like a little Hagrid or nude. <laughs> But Keeping magical creatures. I, I mean, love it. cats are kind of the same. Yeah. Just without the fire. fire. <laughs> I mean, wings. I guess it's probably better that they're fluffier and yeah. not scaly. And they can't fly. Yeah. Yeah. So chapter seven is called Still Life. Yep. Uh, Specimen and Jeremy are not successful in finding the magic shop. It's as if it never existed. Why would they find it? You are only supposed to find it when you're supposed to find but it. But he doesn't know that. I don't even think Specimen has no specimen doesn't need to find this no um for some reason specimen gets irritated with jeremy i don't know they like they have a fight yeah about nothing yeah pretty much cobble just pretty much says because they were tired yeah they, they had, had a fight spat, <laughs> yeah. and then specimen leaves yeah um the next day at school he gets more teasing about mary lou mm-hmm. the art class is a disaster Mr. Kravitz, their teacher, hates everything that Jeremy draws. Oh, yes. He's set, he has set up a still life scene for them to draw. And without kind of knowing it or realizing what he's doing, Jeremy draws a dragon in it. And he's like, what is this? He's like, how dare you? You're supposed what to draw. nonsense? Yeah. He doesn't like fun to, art. No. He's like, you're supposed to draw with your eyes, not mm-hmm. with your imagination. During this class, uh, suddenly Jeremy feels like emotions... That make him think that Tiamat is in trouble. Oh, yeah. So he runs out of the school. Mm-hmm. Straight home. Doesn't, Doesn't yeah. explain oh, anything. Oh, I think he says, like, I gotta go throw up. Yeah. <laughs> and then he runs out. When he gets home, uh, he discovers that his room is a total mess. Mm-hmm. Tiamat is shedding her skin. That's his... where the pain came from. Yep. That's the end of the chapter. Yeah, and at this point, so we come into chapter eight. The dragon who came to dinner. <laughs> yes. Or I said, enter creep, Creeper Mary Lou. Yeah. She followed him home. She's standing in his doorway. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I just I wanted to see if you were okay. Oh, my God. Is that a dragon? So she can see the dragon. It's because she loves dragons. That's the only reason that we get for it. Is yeah. That she loves dragons so she can see I them. think that's a good reason because she wouldn't freak out. Yeah. She wouldn't, uh, the like... The secret would be safe. Yeah, the secret not... would be safe because she understands the importance of dragon secrecy or whatever. <laughs> so she's the perfect person to see it. But Jeremy does lament a couple times, like, why it's her and not Specimen. And I'm like, well, maybe Specimen... Specimen doesn't have the creativity because... Yeah, that's true. There's also, like, a thing where, like, oh, it's... I think it's in the last chapter where he comes over and he sees all the dragon books. He's like, oh, yeah, you were always into that kind of thing, but, like, kind of looks down upon it. Yeah, that's... And I'm like, uh, no offense to Specimen. Not that he's terrible, but, but he yeah. doesn't He doesn't really sound like... They don't have a lot in common. Yeah, that he's uh, they a like super, to draw. Uh, a good friend. Yeah, agreed. But Maybe he spends, have simil- like, no, the entire... Specimen spends the entire book being mad at Jeremy. Right. And I'm like, you can lose him. <laughs> he it's doesn't okay. really. I don't even think they really even make up. Maybe they do in the epilogue. I don't I know. Can't. But it's, we'll get to their, it. I don't feel like their relationship ever. It's not very strong. Yeah, it's not that strong. His relationship with Mary Lou, however, yeah, it's much getting, stronger. Yeah, it's getting stronger. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe specimens just in there to kind of like move the plot along. No, not really. He's no, not. He, he's, I don't even. He's know. kind of pointless. So Tiamat hurt her shoulder while shedding her skin. Yep. Totally get it now. I hurt my shoulder too quite often, so maybe maybe it's a dragon somewhere shedding its skin every time my shoulder hurts. It's a dragon shedding wow. its skin. 
That's creepy. What? <laughs> I love that. I, I would much rather it be that than some boring old, like, I'm just an old person and that's why my body is hurting. Sure, that's what we'll decide. It's, it's, it's connected to some dragon a in dragon another dimension. A dragon somewhere. Somehow psychically connected with you. <laughs> there you go. Not much is going on. Jeremy can't find the most important book. Yep. The book that Miss Priest gave him. He's, yep. like, looked everywhere. Can't find it. Uh, I don't even know what happened to Mary Lou, to Mary Lou at this point. She leaves. Um, he gets yeah, mad at her, Yeah, she leaves. Right? He forces her to leave. Because she's, like, sympathetic with his, you know, plight. Because he's, like, talking about how he's worried about taking care of the dragon and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, I can help you. And he's like, no, get out. And she leaves. There you go. She gets. She leaves kind of irritated. Cause she's like, I just want to help, help you, God. It's and like, uh, you're one of the few people that can see it. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. But, but he doesn't like her. She's a gross girl. In the sixth grade? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't a sixth grade boy. I was into boys in sixth grade. I was into boys in sixth grade, too. I guess maybe boys weren't. I guess it depends on the boy. Yeah. He's too interested in dragons. He doesn't have time for girls. <laughs> well, raising a dragon is a huge responsibility, so I can understand him not having time for Mary Lou. Yes. Um, and then I feel like it kind of like ends up, ooh, it's... It starts with the dinner. Sunday afternoon, yeah, and Mary Lou's parents are coming over. Yep, they're having their dinner as planned, and uh, the day comes, Mary Lou apologizes for barging into his room. Which is super nice it and thoughtful. Nice. yep. They have like a nice conversation about Chronicles of Narnia. Once again, they're bonding over their shared interests. Right, and then he has to prove a point to her, so he runs up to his room to... To grab the book. To mansplain, or whatever he yeah. was doing. yeah. And he's an idiot and lets the dragon out and doesn't notice? I don't understand that. Other than just, like, we need this. Because I would think you'd keep your eyes on him. Absolutely. Like, definitely be like, where's the dragon? Okay, I'm leaving. But maybe that's the problem with girls. They distract you. you. <laughs> so, at the end of this, the they have a dragon dinner cat dog disaster. <laughs> It's, it's literally it's just chaos. Yeah. The somehow T Mac comes out. The dogs and cats can see her. Right. Clearly. Yes. Because they're all like jumping on the table and flipping out and like And Mary Lou's mother is like afraid of cats. Like seriously. And I'm like, She's get like, over it. Get this cat off of me. Gross. Oh. I don't like her. She I can't freaked, trust people that don't she like cats. Freaked out. Not just like, hey, mm -mm. I'm allergic. Yeah. She is like terrified of these cats. So yeah, dinner's ruined. The end. The end. That's the end of the chapter. That's the end of the chapter. <laughs> chapter nine, the heat is on. So what is this about? Is this Mary Lou and Jeremy like kissing? No. Is it an upcoming battle? Maybe. No. <laughs> Not really. Not really. This is one of the things that I felt was a bit different about this book um, with Jennifer Murdley. I kept waiting for the conflict. I'm like, where's the conflict? Is there going to be like this evil witch that comes no. in and yeah, wants I to was like wondering about take that too. the dragon and like take over the world. I kept with expecting it. that as well, and there wasn't any. There wasn't any. But it's fine. I think it's fine. All right. She doesn't need an evil witch. He doesn't even need a. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need an evil witch to have an interesting story. I still liked it. I, uh, okay. Okay. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so chapter nine, next day at school, uh, Jeremy gets scolded for rushing out of class the day before. Rightfully so. Yeah. Um, his buddy Specimen's mad at him. I'm not really sure why. And so Jeremy's feeling like all sad and stuff. I think Spess is getting a little bit jealous. Jealous of Mary Lou. Yeah. Because yeah. Jeremy and Mary Lou are kind of walking to school together yeah. now. Yeah. Well, because they have things in common. Yeah. Be a good friend. I don't uh, know. Uh, 
she can see a dragon. It's not so, like he's ever been like, I don't want to hang out with you. I'm hanging out with Mary Lou. You're just, right. Get over I'm like, it. why could, yeah, you could be in there too, man. It's Maybe right. he's in love with Jeremy. Maybe. Oh, it's a triangle. It's ah! a love triangle. <laughs> so at recess when he's feeling all sad, he notices that Tiamat is there. Which is kind of like scary in a way. A little Because you don't know what's going to happen. No. And uh, he's like, uh, why are you here? And she's like, well, I felt you were sad and I came to help you. And which is sweet. It is very sweet. And she's, then she's like an emotional therapy pet. Yeah. She's like, I, I heard you. I want Barnabas to do that to me. Come to me when I feel <laughs> sad. Instead, when I'm sad, I'm like, come here, Barnabas. And he's just like, meh. Meh. <laughs> I'm going to lay over here. I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) You need to work through this by yourself. (laughs) Um, He wonders how Tiamat got out of the house. And they have like, she gives him this vision of like this complex escape plan where she like breathes into the fire alarm or smoke detector. Yes. And so the dad comes in to like open the door Door. and she gets out. Which is a huge, which is a huge sign of her intelligence. Yeah. Like that. That was super smart. It's not just like prying open a window. I it's, don't know how she would know how a like, smoke detector right. works. She's tricking a human <laughs> into yeah. letting her out. And so he's, he's like worried about her growing intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Kravitz bursts into Jeremy's classroom to scold the class about the quality of the artwork that he's going to be accepting for the contest. And it's important to note that Tima has not left. No, she's still there. Jeremy's like, okay, he's like, you go can home, stay here. and she's like, nope, I'm gonna hang out with you. Yeah, so she just goes to school with him. Yeah, and she's had her milk, so she's docile. Yeah, she's, she's sleeping, <laughs> but still, she's there. So yeah, Mr. Kravitz is talking about the art contest rules, and this guy just sounds really annoying to me. And I don't understand why the homeroom teacher isn't like, uh, what are you doing in my classroom? Get out. I think that no, I think did what he go it to is, every classroom and announce? No, it? no, no, because they also have the class right after that. Remember, and so. I think. Maybe. I can't remember. Like, I assumed it was that it was one of those classrooms where the teacher comes in and they oh. stay in one classroom. No, uh, he he walks out of the classroom after he gives his little uh, well, well. speech or whatever. Anyway, All right. He, he just came in for an announcement, I guess. Yeah. Just to say, like, I don't want any crappy imaginative work here. Yeah. No pink trees. <laughs> yeah. No, like, uh, no fun things. On no dragons. Me. I don't want people yeah. thinking that I don't know how to teach art. Yeah. But so Jeremy's getting angry as he's listening to this. Which? Which makes Tiamat angry. Mm-hmm. And Tiamat goes up to the teacher. And Jeremy doesn't try to stop him. He's just like, what's she up to? I don't <laughs> I know. know. I'm just going to watch. I think he gets a flash of what she's. He does. Of what she's going to do. But he still doesn't try to stop no. her. Well, you know, Mr. Kravitz is kind of an asshole. Yeah, I guess. He's kind of a jerk. I mean, he hasn't really done that much. It's no, fine. it's just... He's just annoying. He's a stern teacher. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Tiamat goes up to the teacher and breathes hot air on his foot, pretty much. So he's hopping hopping up and down. On his foot. Foot on fire. Getting like, angry. And he's like, who did this? And nobody, nobody comes forward. So he bans the entire class from participating in the contest until someone confesses. And, and then, chapter. so I think at the end of it, at the end of this chapter... Jeremy is like, oh, what should I do? Because I cannot say anything because I didn't really do it. But then the whole class suffers. So I'm like, right. okay, is this the conflict? But he also knows he can't tell him the truth. Right, because who's going to believe him? Yeah. Like, Sorry, my pet dragon. <laughs> my pet dragon burned you. You know those things that you don't like me to draw? Yeah. Well, I have one. and <laughs> Yeah, so he's kind of like, oh, I don't really know what to do. And that's, that's, that's kind of it. Yeah. Chapter 10, The Hatchers. Yeah, so, so how does this start out? Specimen and Jeremy are walking home 
And I feel, I feel like the only important thing is that we find out that Spess has the library book. Spess has the book yeah. that Miss Priest gave to Jeremy. Yeah, but that's he, not even like anything important. It like, is important. He needs a freaking book. Well, he doesn't no, he know what he's doing. It, but I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he lost it in the first place because nothing happens. Like well, he they, loses they got the book. A, they got into an argument and Specimen accidentally picked yeah. it up. But I, I, what should have happened was since he didn't have the book, something should have happened where he needed it, but he never really needed it. So the right. conflict was pointless. Yeah, I guess so. Like the whole losing the book thing. I didn't even write it in my notes because I'm like, it amounts to nothing. Oh, see, because I'm a planner and I want all this detailed information. I'm like, he needs that book. He doesn't know what well, he's doing. Well, I wrote doing. the notes after I already read the book. <laughs> he doesn't know so, what he's doing. Yeah, I didn't really feel like it added anything to the story. Well, Jeremy um, Jeremy goes to Spess's house, gets it and leaves. And I think that hurts Specimen's feelings. Yeah, because he won't come in and stay. Yeah. But Tiamat's with him, so he's got to go home. Yeah. Yeah. So um, on his way home, he finds a kid torturing a cat i hated this part me too this was like the i would have killed that kid <laughs> i wouldn't have killed him but this was the part of the book that really evoked emotion for me i was like oh my god so this is freddie the frog killer yeah and he's torturing this fat cat that usually ends up in um jeremy's dad's, dad's office. office yep fat pete is the name of the cat yep. and freddie has got him tied up yeah and poking him with yeah. a stick i know i would beat the shit out of that kid <laughs> so and luckily so Tiamat mad. beats the shit out of him yeah jeremy calls him out and i think freddie like kicks him and yeah. then Tiamat just gets really defensive and starts scratching him yep. and so he's got this un like invisible force yeah which is pretty terrifying yeah so now he's like uh you're weird <laughs> jeremy and he runs away yeah. and he releases the cat <sighs> poor fat pete know, he's fine though fat pete is fine he's fine but still People that torture animals deserve to die. Oh, jeez. It's, it's a whole other thing. Freddy the Frog Killer is a serial killer now. <sighs> um, so when he goes home, he finds a letter from Mr. Elives. Thatcher. It will soon be time for the dragon to go home. Come to the corner of Main and Not Main at 11.30 on Midsummer Night. Bring the dragon, as well as any teeth it has lost, any skin it has shed, and whatever bits of eggshell you were able to save. Be prompt. A-S-H-E lives. And Jeremy's not really cool with this. No, he's sad about the idea he's of sending Tiamat home, but Tiamat sends him, like, feelings of, home, I get to go home. Mm -hmm. So apparently, even though Tiamat has never been there... She knows what her home is all about and what it looks like. Yeah, I wonder if that's some kind of like telepathic image yeah. that the dragons just they just know where they are came born from. with. Yeah, because she sends them like a vision of like a sky with dragons flying in it, or maybe she's just guessing what it's like. I don't know, but she she knows what her home is and that she's going and she's happy to go. Yeah, and then I really quick I wanted to read um, a part from the book that yep. Jeremy Jeremy reads about dragons. The time came when this world was no longer safe for dragons. Earth had too many heroes, too many swords, and not enough magic. One by one, the great dragons were being slaughtered. In an attempt to save the last dragons, the wizard Belenmore, that's a good wizard. Belenmore. Belenmore. Opened a door between the worlds. Through this gate, the remaining dragons passed to the new world that was to be their home. It was a harsh world, but it was a world without men and therefore safer for dragons. Yet as things turned out, there was still a problem. Suited as this world was to the great beast, it was unfit for their eggs. Though many eggs were laid for over a hundred years, not one new egg hatched. 
Dragons lived for a tremendous time, of course, but during the second century of this blight, they began to fear that their kind would become extinct after all. Finally, the dragons contacted Belenmore's successor, Aaron the Wise, later known as Aaron Dragonfriend, and requested his aid. Aaron brought a dragon's egg home with him to see if it could be hatched here in the world where dragons had once lived. He discovered that without our moon to quicken it, a dragon's egg remains dormant forever. With this knowledge, he was able to hatch the egg. Later, when the dragon had grown too large to stay here safely, Aaron faced great peril to send it back to the rest of its kind. This was the beginning of the Company of Hatchers. Since that first hatching, a handful of eggs have come to this world each decade. Each egg is held out of sight of the moon until the right person appears. Then the egg is entrusted to the hatcher who must guard the young dragon, and when the time is right, help it to go home. Great it's description. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. like it. I like the theory of... Uh, why it doesn't work over yeah. there and what... Yeah, yeah it's I nice. Yeah. I wonder how many Perfect. eggs they get in... A decade? Is that, yeah, is that what it said? I don't, yeah, I don't a know. A handful in a decade? handful in a decade? Yep, a handful of eggs each decade. Hmm. Man, so he must feel really, really, really good about special. himself. Yeah. yeah. Feeling really special. <laughs> Who cares about this art contest, yeah, man? Yeah, seriously. I got entrusted with a dragon. <laughs> I'm a hatcher. I think at this, yeah, at this point, I do make a note that their communication, I know you like their communication. Mm-hmm. You don't like it? No. You find it frustrating? Not frustrating. I just expect more for it. And maybe it's because I've read the never-ending story. Oh. Because I don't feel like the images are vivid enough. So you think it would be better if the dragon talked? She doesn't have to talk, but I would like for the images to be more detailed. I don't know how, in what way. Maybe I just need to sit down one afternoon with a cup of tea and write it myself. But I think it's great because I feel like the toad. I feel like the toad and Jennifer Murley's toad had more of a personality. Well, yeah, he he talked. So maybe she should talk. But see, I feel like I like it because it makes me think about the kind of relationship I'd like to have with my pet. Mm -hmm. Because it would probably be troublesome if Barnabas could say everything that's on his mind, and I get annoyed. Not liking. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe who knows? Because like the toad was kind of sassy and like you know not. Not as cute and lovable as this dragon who can only just share emotions with you. I think it's, I think that's good. Yeah, I can see that. I would much rather have my cat be able to share like vague emotions than be able to like talk, talk. Talk and talk back to you. Yeah, and talk back to me. <laughs> you're not allowed to talk back to me. You could tell me you're irritated with some red fiery colors or whatever, but. I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear everything. anymore. <laughs> well, chapter 11 is called Confessions. Who's going to confess? (laughs) Well, we find find out that Midsummer Night is only two weeks away. Mm -hmm. June 23rd. Yep. He's pretty upset about it because that means he only gets two weeks left with Tiamat. Yeah. And she has become so big that he has had to move her to the barn. Yeah. Put her in one of the stalls. Yep. She's huge. At school, he tells Mary Lou about the situation because he doesn't have anyone else to talk to about it. She offers to help him, and she does. That's right. She brings a gallon of milk every, every day. day. Yep. How can you not like this girl? A gallon's not really a lot for a giant dragon. It's, it's not, and I think she does bring up yeah. at one point, like, is this going to be enough? It's not. It's not. But she does help, and uh, later on, on the way to school, they find Specimen, who's still upset about that dang art contest. <laughs> about being banned from it. He really yeah. wants it. He really wants it. So that's when Jeremy decides he's going to confess mm-hmm. to... Mr. Kravitz, that it was him who made his foot hot. 
Yeah, and when he does, of course, Mr. Kravitz at first does not believe him. Yeah. He's and, like, you couldn't have done it. You were too far away. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what he says. But... I'm like, uh, how could anybody make your foot catch on fire? That's yeah, I don't thing. really like, know. I don't. Thankfully, he doesn't ask him to explain it. <laughs> yeah, but before that, um, he he doesn't believe him, and then Jeremy's like, "Why do you hate me so much?" And then we kind of find out that Mr. Kravis does not hate him. He just he admires his talent, but thinks he lacks discipline, and right. he's also kind of jealous. He is because his art is technically good but has no feeling mm-hmm. or emotion into it. Yep. And he's envious that Jeremy can come up with all this magical stuff in his head. Which is so sad. Like, it is sad. What is going on in Mr. Kravitz's life? He doesn't have the imagination. I'm and like, that's why he doesn't want anyone else to have it. Well, I'm like, do you not have any? I just feel like, is he like this sad, lonely guy that... Probably. <laughs> Maybe he lives alone. Maybe. Maybe he's got no one. Maybe he, he needs... A, telepath, a telepathic connection with his cats to help he him. But he doesn't have the imagination. He probably no. couldn't have it. He, w- he wouldn't get a dragon because he wouldn't believe it. Right. So then Jeremy tells him one more time, like, yes, I am responsible. And he, he accepts he it. He accepts it, yeah. And says, okay, the class is no longer banned. But, but you, you are. are. Yeah. Which I think Jeremy's kind of like, it's, yeah. it's all right. Because in the beginning of the book, he and Specimen kind of have this deal. Whomever wins, the other one's going to, like, help him. Yeah. Because the reward is that you get to paint. The you get to paint a shop, shop. window. Whoop, whoopee. <laughs> I'm surprised I, I you wouldn't cool. be into that. <laughs> no. Well. You like decorating shop windows. I like decorating them. I don't want to paint well, them. Well, imagine if it were decorating. Maybe you'd care about it then. <sighs> yeah, maybe I would. I'd put dragons on it. I mean, it's like getting to put your art out there for everyone to see. So I did. So uh, one time at the local library not local library sorry my local theater uh i think something happened to their aladdin poster so my parents knew the owners and they said that i could make a poster for it so i took all of my coloring books that i had and like mish the whole kind of thing and put it on a projector and like traced it out and colored it oh my god i was i was really proud of that and then somebody stole it oh someone really likes aladdin I guess if I can't imagine. I, know, like, I can't imagine that that poster was like that awesome. Some kid was a super Aladdin fan. Either they hated it or they really liked it. You think they still have it somewhere? I hope so. That I worked be... really hard on that. Yeah. Even though I didn't hand draw everything, I I laid the whole thing out. God, I wish I would have taken a picture of that. But you know, it would have been a film camera, and then yeah, I would have lost that probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. I, so, yeah, I can't understand some of that, but also, no. I Just just give me a ribbon or something. No, they, they wanted it. So, good thing they got it back. In Chapter 12, Specimen's super happy to be back in the contest. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiamat comes to school to carry Jeremy home. I kind of didn't really like this chapter. Well, not much happened, I don't think. Yeah, that's the thing. This is So, basically, what's happening in this chapter is uh, Jeremy is trying to get all he can out of his last couple weeks with Tiamat. And so they start going on like nightly flies. Yeah. Rides. He flies her every night and they look at the city and they have a great time. And and of course, when he's on her, he's invisible. So you don't just see this like random boy flying Flying. through the sky. (laughs) Yep. But then the day of Midsummer Night comes. That's right. He has a tearful moment with Tiamat and he gets a dragon tear. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's uh, a which is a diamond. A diamond. But I guess she only had a single tear because that's all he gets. <laughs> um, Jeremy packs up all the skins and teeth, and he now's the time. He's got to go where the directions told him to go. 
which is Maine and not Maine, Maine, which he's like, that doesn't exist. So they're just walking around town. They're walking down Main Street hoping that it's just going to happen. I mean, that's how it happens. And fog rolls in, like yep. really thick fog. They can't even see where they're going, really. Finally, he sees a familiar figure. It's and, a hooded figure, though. End of chapter, though. Yeah. Who well, is it? We don't find out. Chapter 13, Nothing You Love Is Lost. We find out the hooded figure is none other than the librarian. Miss Priest. Which, uh, there was also a magic librarian in Mr. Uh, Jennifer Murdley's Toad, so apparently Bruce Covell has a thing for librarians. Was he a librarian? I don't think so. I was just wondering, because we've read a lot of books about people that were librarians. I don't think he was. He just uh, has a fondness for librarians. Let's see. He worked as a magazine editor, a teacher, a toy maker, a grave digger. Wow. Oh, yeah, he was the grave digger. I forgot. Yeah. Well, maybe he just had, uh, maybe he had a good relationship with a librarian once. Yeah. I don't know. It's a theme. In I, I feel like that kind of kind of shows up with a lot of authors that we've, yeah, that they we've like touched librarians. on. They're, they either have been a librarian or like one of their right favorite about, people yeah. was a librarian. Yeah. I want to be a librarian. Hey, <laughs> you can do it. Um, just, I can uh, do it. you know, sign up for the master's. Oh, okay. Get a master's in librarianism. <laughs> library library science. Oh, God. Yeah. No, thanks. That's too much money. <laughs> so, Miss Priest is there. She leads him to Mr. Eli's shop. Mm-hmm. They make a portal out of the skin and teeth. I couldn't really... Yeah, it was I couldn't hard. picture it in my head. I couldn't either. And then there Mr. is a drawing. And but... Mr. Eli's is in the back working on, I guess, opening the real portal to the place but, but it makes the portal like the teeth and everything makes the then portal then what the right? hell is Mr. Elif's doing in the back I don't remember Something. preparing the dragon for the trip yeah I guess I guess I don't, I don't know I'm not really sure so that's wh- that's where I was confused I'm like okay it says that she's making a gate but what is Mr. Elif's doing in the back we don't know and and making whatever she is making with these items of the dragon, all of the items must go into the, into Tiamat's world. It cannot stay in our world. I don't know why, but it can't. Maybe if a part of her is in this world, then it somehow like keeps her. I don't know. But he's still got the tear. He does have the tear. <laughs> so I don't know. Some for some odd reason we don't know why those items have to go with her. I think, well, it, it explains it in the epilogue. We'll keep going. So Jeremy expresses his reluctance to let Tiamat go, and Miss Priest gives him some reassurance. Yes. This is where the nothing I'm, you love yes, is ever lost comes from. You silly boy, she said. Nothing you love is lost. Not really. Things, people, they always go away sooner or later. You can't hold them any more than you can hold moonlight. But if they've touched you, if they're inside you, then they're still yours. The only things you ever really have are the ones you hold inside your heart. But then she tells him the same, uh, she reads the same, like, poem Poem, or whatever that Elives gave him. But But it's it's different. different. It says, full moon's light to wake the egg, full moon's light to hatch it, midsummer night will break your heart, all hallows eve may patch it. Yeah. So it's changed slightly because in the first one it was like St. John's the world Day. and St. John's Day. But maybe Halloween is St. John's Day in some other culture. I don't know. I, I didn't even know. look I up. didn't Google it. <laughs> I didn't either. I Whoops. should do some research. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that it is just another name for mm. it. So anyway, he goes out. They make a portal. He lets Tiamat go. 
Well, he has a hard time at first. He does. And she's kind of stuck between two worlds because he won't let her go. Because she gets about halfway in and he's like, don't go. And like, I guess Tiamat like stops. Yeah. And they're like, it'll kill her if she's between two worlds. So finally he's like, okay, go home, go home. And then he cries. And I mean, he's sad for a while. It's really sad. So that's the end of the, that chapter. That's the end of the, like the book, but then you well, have an epilogue. Well, there's an epilogue. Yeah. No, it's not real. I mean, the epilogue is still part of the book. It's not like I usually think of epilogues as being like optional. Mm. So you could stop with and she's gone, and that's it. I guess that's why I think calling it an epilogue is. I mean, I'm assuming they called it that because time has passed. Yeah. So time passes. And he's just this husk of a person. Yeah. He is grieving. He's depressed. He's not drawing. He's not drawing. Not he didn't help specimen with the art project. Yeah, he's not talking to anyone. Like nope. he's like Mary Lou's kind of leaving him alone. Yep. Like he's a broken boy. I would be it made does me really. Does his mom sad. take him to the doctor? I think that's earlier. Oh, okay. Oops. I don't it's know. Maybe important. it's now. It's I, I didn't important. write it down because it's really not important. <laughs> yeah. He's acting bad and yeah. I feel real bad because I would be really sad yeah. as well. But then Halloween comes. Yes, and his parents have planned a big party in their field with uh, bonfires and all that kind of stuff. And um, Jeremy goes to the stall that Tiamat was in. He's just in there crying by himself. And then he feels something. He fe- It says that he feels someone has pounded a wedge in his skull. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's Tiamat. Yep, talking she- to him. Trying to connect with him. Across again. the world. Yes! Um, see, I'm assuming at this point that the reason he was able to is because he has the dragon tear. Because. So he does this and he talks to Tiamat and I guess it probably only happens on All Hallows' Eve as well. Oh, you think? I think so. Like he's not going to be able to talk to her? I mean, they don't say that, but like why would it happen on this night? Any other reason? Hmm. It's because All Hallows' Eve, the veil between the worlds is supposed to be thinner. Oh, see, I thought that this was just the beginning of like, oh, they're going to stay connected for the Maybe rest. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. They don't say that. Yeah. Uh, they don't say that it only happens on this night, but I think it's a it's a good assumption that yeah. it would. No, it but, makes sense. But whatever. So he's able to see Tiamat in her world, and she's happy, and he's happier now. And then when he goes back out to the party, he sees that Miss Priest is there. Mm-hmm. And she shows him a ring where she has a dragon tear. That's right. And she makes the, like, shh motion. And so, then disappears into the night. So she's a hatcher, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm left to assume that the dragon tear is what makes them able to talk to them because it's from their world. Right. But I don't know. They don't no, explain it. I'm that just That makes assuming. sense. No, that makes sense. Because she's got one, too. She's got, it's like a tether yeah. into this. Yeah. Because no. you're not supposed to keep the things, totally but they did. That makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, not only is she showing, like, he's seeing through her eyes, too. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. that's that's a warg, right? Is he warg? Yes, he's warging now. <laughs> he's a magic zoologist, and he's a warg. Maybe he'll become the... Who cares about art? Maybe he'll be on the Iron Throne. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Somehow he'll be able to call all the dragons yeah. and all the hatchers. Oh, yes. All the hatchers and dragons come over. But they're nice, right? Yeah. 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 They're good. Yeah. But that's the end of the book. That's the end of the book. So how did you... Um, oh, I did say... Actually, the book ends with Jeremy sitting down and he's starting to draw. So, Oh, yeah. He's back to normal. Yeah. All he needed was his dragon friend again. <laughs> That's all he needed. Um, I don't know how he's going to have relationships after this. If it's He and Mary Lou are going to be besties. <laughs> well, yes, that's true, because she loves dragons yeah. just as much, so there won't be any kind of competition. Yeah. But I imagine that he has gone off to have a wonderful 
successful career as a science fiction fantasy um, yep. illustrator. He's drawing some uh, book <laughs> covers. Book covers or comics. Yep, yep. something like and that. And he and Mary Lou live in they a field somewhere. Yeah, sure. <laughs> maybe Taking have, care of animals. Maybe have two kids. One, yeah. one kid. I don't know. <laughs> Forget the kids. I don't want to talk about kids. <laughs> we just want the animals. Yeah. I want animals, not kids. <laughs> Okay, so how did you feel about this book? I enjoyed it. It was a super quick read. I read it in like two hours, maybe less. Awesome. Um, and it did have a lot less like conflict and danger than Jennifer Murdley's Toe, but it didn't bother me. I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It made me sad in a way that like most books don't make me sad, but I was sad because I imagined losing a pet and that's something I can really connect with and I wouldn't want to let the dragon did you ever read like old yeller or no i hate that kind of stuff i'm really glad the dragon didn't die i I would much rather it go off to another world than die or have to or have the owner have to kill it but literally the only thing that really gives me emotions is like animal stories Mm. and that's why i hate sad animal stories because i'll cry yeah do you ever see the movie the bear wait that sounds really familiar. That movie made me cry so hard. I'll have to look that up. That sounds Don't really watch familiar. it. No, I'm not going to watch it's it. It's so sad. The first the first movie I remember like really sobbing to was a Benji movie. Do you remember the Benji movies? Yeah, but I didn't watch them. I don't watch things about animals because I don't want to see horrible things happen to But animals. it wasn't like a sad ending, I don't think. I think, well, no, the sad ending is that he had to leave like bear cubs or something yeah. and i was like oh I my god it. i didn't even like like snoopy come home or whatever oh i god. hated because it's like charlie brown's sad because he lost his dog and i'm sad about it I, those are the, i hate that kind of shit this one did make me sad but i'm also it had a good ending at the end but i was feeling for jeremy because i was like see oh. i didn't really connect oh, I but didn't. i think it's I don't know if it's because I expected it to be more like Jennifer Murley. The whole time, I'm like, where's the conflict? Yeah, there was no it's danger. Like I couldn't focus on just this kind of emotional thing yeah. that he was it going It was definitely through, a more emotional like, journey. Where's the conflict? There's a dragon. Where's the evil wizard? Where's... So, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it's a good read for kids. I, I like it. So the next book we're reading is a scary book but it is written for younger audiences but it's actually is still freaking scary i remember it thinking it was scary it's called it's part of a series called phantom valley which came about i think it was pre-goosebumps but it was supposed to be like the fear street books but for a younger audience who wrote that one it's uh from an author called lynn beach i don't think she wrote like anything else of of consequence but it was a series they had like one that was about a creepy doll oh god no mm-hmm. um but this was the best one because it's about mirrors ah. which i always find <laughs> terrifying and i remember this one like the story of it is actually really like i want it rewritten as an adult book because i feel like the concept is really cool yeah but the book is called stranger in the mirror from the phantom valley series let me read the back for you okay Stacy James is pulled through the mirror into a terrifying nightmare. Now her twin, Tracy, has to pretend to be both sisters as she desperately tries to get Stacy back. Can the twins figure out the secret of the mirror before time runs out? Or will Stacy have to face the girl with the axe alone? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like there's so many things going on. Like yeah. a twin having to pretend to be yeah. both. Yeah, it switches back and forth between oh, them as far as I remember. Like, yeah, they've got like chapters that are Stacy and chapters that are Tracy. And I think I always like skipped the Tracy chapters because I don't care about the like pretending to be a twin thing. Oh, see, that's the one I'm drawn to. I'm like, all right, cool. What's the psychology of that? 
So that's what we're going to read, a scary book about mirrors. Okay. I'm going to have to read it during the day. I will not be able to it read it. It is a little night. creepy. I'm not going to lie. It's been a I'm while since I've read it. I'm going to be able to look in a mirror. Yeah, mirrors are scary. <laughs> All right. Till next time, guys. Bye. See you later. To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com.